Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Well, as you may know, we have been uh, doing a series over the last number of weeks looking at some of the key turning points in Scripture and, uh, and really just seeing how again, this faithfulness of God that's really been a theme this morning, how that hasn't changed, even though there is big changes that we go through in our own lives. And um, we're excited to welcome Adam Smythe. Adam, why don't you come and join me here? Um, Adam is, maybe some of you might not know very well, he's regularly at our evening community and very much involved as well with our School of Kingdom ministry, um, particularly this year. Can you, are we, can we hear you? Yes, you're I with think us. So. There you, you go. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Let me just ask you a couple of easy questions, Whoa. just so we get to know you a little bit. Tell us who's in your household, Adam. Uh, my household. There is my beautiful wife Debbie over here, and myself. Debbie. Wonderful. No pets. No pets. No pets. We are we are in a little uh, a beautiful cozy granny flat that we love very much. So uh, there are no pets. Okay. All right. We have two plants. Okay. Does that count? Well, I've if, kept them alive. For if life. they're alive, they count. Two out of three I've kept alive for a year. So. Now, I remember, I think, the first day you actually came to Northridge. You probably came along, I think, in a morning service. I did, yeah. yeah and you've, yeah. you've very much, guys, you've settled very much in that evening community and involved. How long have you been now at Northridge for? Yeah. Um, for me, it's coming up to four years, actually. This June will be four years. Fantastic. And you yeah, guys are involved yeah. in, you may be going to share a bit about this, but you're involved in the School of Kingdom Ministry. What's that look like for yeah. you this year? Oh, man. Um, so uh, Debbie and I, along with uh, Eric and Lisa Farrenkothen, are facilitating School of Kingdom Ministry here. It is awesome. There's some Sockham, who are the Sockham students? Give us a wave. Yeah, there's a few here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so School of Kingdom Ministry is just awesome. It's um, basically something where we, we, we learn to partner with the Holy Spirit in bringing more of God's kingdom to earth. And it's just beautiful and yeah. so much fun. Great. It's great. It's going well. Great. Well, let's pray for you. Yes, please. And yeah. as you partner with yeah. the Holy Spirit, as you bring yes. God's word this morning, we'd love mm. to uh, just ask him to come and touch you now. Mm. So why don't you stretch out a hand towards Adam? Mm. That would be awesome. Lord, we thank you for Adam. We thank you for his love for your word. Mm. Just the, the teaching gift that you have clearly put on him. Lord, we pray you would now come and fill it with your wind, with your, with your mm. Holy Spirit. Mm. It would be like a sail just filled up with your wind right now in Jesus' name. Mm. And we thank you that you are in this room speaking to each of us. And so we say yes, Lord, mm. to your word, your gentle but clear word as you speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sure. Amen. Thanks, Rob. Well, good morning. Um, it is a true, true, true honour and privilege to be here with you guys today sharing. I'm so excited. So thanks, Rob and Bonnie, for, for the invite. And I know that there will be um, uh, lots of time over the coming weeks to, to do this in more detail. But I, I did just want to start off by saying Phil and Kath, on um, behalf of Debbie and I, we just love you guys so much. We're so thankful for you and and what you've partnered with Jesus to set up here that's now our home and where we feel safe and where we feel free and where we're growing. And it's just, honestly, we just, we love you guys. So, um, so thank you very much. Uh, and Rob and Bonnie, 
Uh, you guys are just the real deal. You're so awesome. And we are, we're just 100% with you, behind you. So excited for what's next. Um, and Chris and Jen, Gresham Britt, our evening pastors who are um, great friends of ours and, and our pastors as well. And we just, I mean, and we, we are just so blessed to have the most amazing leadership. We really are. So, uh, so thank you guys for having me. So we are, we're in this series talking about turning points. And obviously, we're going through a really significant turning point as a, as a church community right now with the changeover of leadership. It's, it's, um, it's a big deal. It's a, big, it's a really big turning point. And so not only us as a, as, a, as a community, as a congregation are going through this, but also individually, we all have these moments in our lives that are either significant turning points or big occasions that happen, or it might just be that you're stepping out into the unknown a little bit more. There's things that are happening that you're stretched in, or you're moving into new areas, or you might be believing God in a new way for something. Um, if you're anything like me, sometimes just stepping out of bed each morning can feel like kind of jumping in to the unknown. So we, we, all, we, we all have this, right? We all, we all have these moments in our life. So the question becomes, how do we, how do we handle these times? How do we handle these moments? And not just so we can kind of survive them, but how, what, how, do we, how do we thrive? How do we grow in, in intimacy with Jesus? Um, and how can these times in our life, these critical moments in our lives, how can they actually form us to go deeper into the things that God's actually calling us to, to do and to be? And so we've been, we've been looking at um, key turning points in, in the scriptures to, uh, to see what we can, we can learn from that. And um, today, we're going to be looking at Joshua 3 and 4, uh, and, and the, the story of the Israelites crossing the Jordan into the Promised Land. And so the context, the context for this passage is, as, uh, as Bonnie told us last week, God had miraculously brought the, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt uh, it was a situation where it looked like for all money they were completely stuck and it was hopeless and then God brought them through in a really mir miraculous way. And so then they enter this time in the wilderness for 40 years and not everything went completely smoothly there, but that's another story. I'm not getting into that today. Um, and finally, they arrive at the east side of the Jordan River. They are ready. They're finally ready to cross the Jordan and to, um, and to step into the promised land. So we're going to pick up the story there. If you have your Bibles, Joshua 3. And we're going to start at um, verse 9. We're actually going to read a fairly big chunk. Um, so, so stay with me, but it's, it's, it's really good stuff. So Joshua 3 verse 9. Joshua said to the Israelites... Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. 
Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. While the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of, tri of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So here we see right in one of the most significant moments in Israel's history to this point, um, God highlights something very specific for these, the 12 men representing the 12 tribes to do. And I, I actually believe that this is a key for us today in our own uh, journeys with the Lord as well. They were told to gather st stones um, right from the middle of the Jordan and to bring those stones with them into the new season that they were heading into. And they were to serve as a sign and a memorial to what God had done. So this was a moment, um, an encounter that God wanted them to remember. And it, want, and it was something for them as the, as the people of Israel, the people of God, to, um, to talk about to their children. It was something that they were, they were meant to discuss. It was something that was meant to become now a part of how they knew their God and how they saw themselves as, um, as his people. And so here, this, this is what I believe that God is, is highlighting for us today. I think what it is, is, is it's critical for us to understand the importance and the power of the testimony. And, and when we think about our testimonies, often the first thing that comes to mind is we think about the time where we, we gave our lives to Jesus. And that, I am, I'm not downplaying that. That's obviously 100% critical and absolutely part of our testimony. But when we, th when we think about our testimony, really... What we can think about is any moment where we have experienced God, we've encountered God, we've set, he's revealed something to us in, in his word, he, there's been a prophetic word that's touched our heart, we've seen someone be healed, God's brought us through a moment, whatever it is, any time that you have encountered God, either in his word or in your own personal life, it becomes part of our testimony. And so today I want to share with you um, four thoughts on the, the power uh, and the importance of the testimony. And the first one is that the testimony, our testimonies remind us, both corporately and individually, of who God is. And interestingly, in this story that we just read, Israel may not have known exactly what was ahead of them, but they did know who was with them. 
And, um, and, and often we find that when we focus on the testimony of Scripture and the things that God is doing in our own lives, we find that we become increasingly aware of His, of his presence, of His closeness, of His love and power, and also for His willingness to, to step into our lives and to step into um, our current circumstances. We can know that the one who is faithful is always with us and we discover how committed he is to revealing himself um, to us no matter what what our circumstances look like and for me personally I've um, been journeying with with the Lord for for a little while now and one of the things I notice is as I kind of as I look back over my history with the Lord I can begin to see the times where He's provided a miracle or he's, he's stepped into me or he's been faithful or he's provided the friend at the right moment or whatever the case might be. And as I continue to remember those things and bring them to my attention and remember the things that he's, that he's done in the scriptures, what I find is it actually positions me in a place of faith to step forward more boldly and more confidently with him into the circumstances that I'm facing. And likewise, the opposite to that, um, if we have to look at the other side of the coin, I don't know if you've had this experience, but, but for me, um, if I find myself in a position of, of fear or anxiety, often it's because what I've done is I've taken myself out of that place of being so aware of who God is, what he is like, what his nature is, what his character is. And I actually need to repent and bring myself into that place of intentionally turning my affection towards God and who he is and what he's like and the promises that he has um, for my life. And I think, I, I honestly believe that God wants us to remember our experiences and our encounters with him. Um, they become part of our journey with him. Like, I, I kind of think of them as um, each testimony is like a little love letter from God that he's, that he's giving us in our lives. And they draw us into intimacy with him. Um, and in the story we read, Israel had a visual reminder. They were bringing the big stones over. Maybe you have visual reminders as well in your home or, or specific things maybe that you keep in your Bible that, that, that sort of remind you of particular times in your life or, or experiences with God. Um, for others, maybe you're a journaler or, or, or something like that. And if you're listening to this right now and you're going, yeah, this all sounds good, but I actually don't know if I have much, many testimonies. I don't, I don't know if I've had many of these moments with God. And I, I just want to encourage you to, um, to begin somehow recording the things that God is doing. Maybe this week, like as you're reading the scriptures, write down the things that he reveals to you as you're reading his word. Um, if, if you have questions that you're asking God, write down the questions. And as you're getting those answers, continue to write them down. And when people give you prophetic words or stuff's happening, just make notes, however it is. If I, I like to journal, you might do something else. But continue, to, to, continue to, to write down your testimonies as they happen. And you'll be, like, I'm so quick to think God never speaks to me. I never hear anything from, like, but then you sort of go back and you look through it and you go, wow, he's done, he's done so much. So I encourage you, to take the time to sit down and to, and to somehow record uh, the things that, um, that God is doing in your life. Um, this is, a, I want to take a very slight detour. So that was thought one. Um, a little detour. As I was preparing, I, I, I felt this and I hope that this will encourage someone. I hope it's for someone. It kind of actually resonated with the word that was shared before this morning. Um, 
And that is, the, the thought is to look for the stones. And what I mean by that is, there's, there's this really kind of crucial, important, interesting detail in the story that we just read, um, which was that the, the people who took the stones were asked to take the stones from the middle of the Jordan. So they weren't, asked to, they weren't asked to get the stones from the east side of the Jordan from where they came from, and they weren't asked to get the stones from where they ended up. It was actually from right in the middle of the encounter with God that they were to take the stones. And so I want to encourage you that, that if you are in a challenging circumstance or you're in an unknown or you're in a turning point in your life at the moment, look for the stones. Look for the things that God is doing. Um, because not, not every circumstance we face is necessarily from God, but if we do respond to God in the right way, every circumstance we face can be a unique opportunity to have God reveal himself in a way that we may not necessarily know him in any other type of circumstance. So we can begin to think of challenging times and difficult circumstances as a testimony in the making. And we can do that because of who God is, because he is always good, because he is always working towards bringing good in our lives and towards intimacy with him. So if you are in, in a tough period, I encourage you to, to, to look for the stones. So I hope that um, means something to someone. Um, thought number two on the testimonies is testimonies are meant to bless the generations. In um, verse uh, six and seven of chapter four, it talks about how the Israelites were to remember that when their kids asked them what's, what's going on with that pile of stones, they were to tell their kids what God had done. They were to remember and to tell the testimony, the good deeds of what God has done. And it's the same for us in our own lives, um, in our own history with Jesus, in our own reading of the scriptures, uh, whether it's our own biological children, whether it's our spiritual children, or people just in, in it that are younger than us. Let's be a people who are sharing, continually sharing the things um, that God is doing. And um, also for those in the room who may be um, a little more uh, mature and a little more experienced in life, let's, that's a better way to say it, um, can I just say that we, we need your testimonies. We need to know the ways that God has revealed himself to you. We need to know your experiences to, to help give us faith and to, and to bring younger people into faith. And, um, and we, need, we need examples. We need to see what it looks like for people who, have, who are running with Jesus into the older years, people who stay on fire for him. That's powerful. So um, release the testimonies is part of um, what I want to say today. Um, the, third, the third thought is around testimonies, is that testimonies encourage a culture of faith. And one of the things that I find interesting, I love when Jesus heals people. It's like one of my favorite things in, in the world. And some of my heroes of healing ministry, if you want to kind of put it that way, um, people like Harry McKenzie from, from, from our church and uh, Randy Clark and Bill Johnson and these, these sorts of guys, they all are constantly sharing testimonies when they're ministering. It's really fascinating. They're always saying, God did this, and God did this, and sharing stories. And what it does is, or part of what that does, is it builds and encourages faith. It inspires faith in us when we hear 
God breaking through into our present moment, God breaking chains off people, restoring relationships, healing bodies, saving people's souls. All of these things actually build a culture of faith. And, and, and with the testimonies, it's never, it's never about who's got the most testimonies. It's got nothing to do about who has the wildest testimonies. It's actually got nothing to do with us as people. What we are doing is we're pointing to the one who is the one behind the testimonies, the one who is actually doing all of this um, and, and pointing people and inviting people to experience them, to experience Jesus for themselves. Um, which leads to our last point, which is that testimonies have a trajectory. And what I mean by this is, um, well, in the, there's, there's actually, beyond all the things we've spoken about, there's been some, some kind of cool things that, yes, 100% our testimonies are to bless us. There's no, there's no question about that at all. And yes, they're to bless our community, 100%. But also, there is another element to the testimony, which, which I think is very, very important for us to keep in mind. And all the way, I actually didn't read this, but if you look, if you've got your Bibles, go all the way to the end of chapter 4. Um, and Joshua has just finished kind of, he actually says the whole thing about telling your kids again. He's just, he's just reminded them um, to, to, to tell the testimony, to remember to tell the kids the testimony. And then he says this in verse 24, and I think this is really important. He said, so after he says all the stuff that, that God's done in this moment, he said, he, he did this, so God did this, so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So there is an element to our testimony and our sharing that what God is doing in your life and what God is doing in our life is part of God's plan for all people to come and know him and love him intimately. There's actually a trajectory to, to all of this. And so um, as we witness in our lives, as we share the things that Jesus is doing, as we go out into our families and our workplaces and everywhere we go uh, and we share Jesus, what we're actually doing is we're, we're witnessing to him. And it's really powerful because it invites people into their own encounter with Jesus. And there's this, um, there's this story that I, I just, I absolutely love in John, you may know this one, it's the, it's the encounter that the Samaritan woman has with Jesus at the well. It's a beautiful, beautiful encounter. And what happens after this woman meets Jesus in this way, she like, she just, she like runs back to her town and she just starts telling people. She just like tells people her testimony. She tells what Jesus did. And then in John, from John 4.39, it says this, this is so cool. It says, many of the Samaritans from that town town believed in him believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony he told me everything I ever did so when the Samaritans came to him they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days and because of his words many more became believers and I love this so much because there's a couple of things that are happening here firstly the woman has a beautiful encounter with Jesus herself she can't help but just let it out to anyone and everyone who's willing to listen, it seems like. And as a result of that, people come to faith in Jesus. They come and believe in him. And also, people end up having, they come to Jesus themselves and they have their own encounter with Jesus and many more people believe. And this is the type of, of people that we, can, that we can actually become um, in our lives. I just want to finish with one 
one um, really quick story. A few years back, I went to um, I went and visited uh, uh, Bethel Church in in Redding, in California, and it's uh, it's a church that it's just had a really big impact on my life, and I and I wanted to go, and so I spent eight days in Reading, and basically the plan was I had two Sundays and the week in between, and I just, my only plan was to go hang out at church, get involved in the different things, there's stuff going on kind of all through the week, got involved in a bunch of different stuff. They have a 24-7 prayer house that's just amazing, so I spent a stack of time in there. And what I found was, so one of the things that Bethel do really, really well is they have this culture of sharing testimony. And they very regularly, that, that there's obviously a lot of other elements to, to what they do as well, but they, they are very forward in sharing testimonies public of what, uh, publicly of what Jesus is doing. And I noticed something, I think it was on the last Sunday I was there, so I'd been kind of in this um, very concentrated faith environment with people who'd come from all over the world to really, really intentionally uh, grow in intimacy with Jesus and, and, and grow in their discipleship and all of these sorts of things. And I found myself at like, I think it was the last day I was there, I realized that I was, I, I started feeling, I think it was in the church service, that I started feeling like, honestly, I felt like anything was actually possible and not only possible, but like probable. I, I found myself like I was getting caught up in this culture of faith. I'm like, God could literally do anything in this moment. And I, and I, and I believed, like I believed it. I believed that he, like nothing is impossible for God and nothing is impossible for the one who believes. And I was thinking about that and just being, being caught up in that. And I think that that's what it's meant to be like. I think that's what we're meant to be working towards is creating this culture of faith where we are so focused on Jesus and who he is and who he's revealed himself to be in the scriptures and in our own testimonies as we're sharing this constantly with everyone that we're, we're, we're like encouraging and inspiring each other in faith. And so um, your testimonies are powerful because they testify to the one who is all-powerful. So we can actually choose in our moments of uh, of turning points, of big critical moments in our lives, like the one we're in here, we can choose to be people who say, okay, we may not know exactly what is ahead of us, but we know the one who is with us. And let's continue to encourage ourselves and to be speaking out the things that Jesus is doing in our lives so that we may be encouraged and so that others may come into this place where they're invited to encounter Jesus for themselves until this whole place around us begins to look a lot more like heaven. Um, amen. Why don't you stand and we'll pray. Well, Father, we just thank you. We thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, that... Um, that we have the most amazing, amazing, amazing story to tell because of what you've done, Jesus, and what you continue to do and what you want to do. Lord, we thank you that the job is not done yet, that there's still more to do, there's still more great stuff that you're doing. We thank you for that, Lord. So I just ask, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you just come? Holy Spirit, would you just come and touch each person? And when you just guide us, Lord, in how you would, you would have us move in this movement. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, folks, we're just going to wait. And we're going to expect 
because we know the Lord is here and he's going to meet us now. And as we're waiting, I want you just to be aware of his presence. It might just be resting on your shoulders. You might sense a tingling in your hands. He might just start giving you a sense of just his warmth, of his love. Thank you, Lord. Increase your presence here. Increase your power, we ask you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's it. Thank you, Lord. Just increase your presence. Thank you, Lord. Anything is possible with God. Just can see him just resting just in a couple of different places. Just can see him just resting on us. If you know, you can just see, I can sense there's a, I see there's a weight on some folk just of his presence. Lord, more, more we pray. More, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to wait a little bit longer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Increase your presence, we pray. I just get a sense that the Lord is starting to stir up a longing in our hearts. If you know that's you, just as Adam was speaking about that culture of faith, you're kind of like, yeah, I long for that. I kind of invite you just to place a hand on your heart this morning. We're just going to pray into that. We're just going to ask the Lord to stir it up. Romans 5, 4, it says that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who has been given to us. So Lord this morning we ask that you would pour it out. Pour it out. There would be a deep longing. Deep calls to deep. In our hearts. Stir it up Lord. We want to be a people of faith. Stir it up. Thank you Lord. We're just going to wait a little bit longer. I actually got a sense as well. There was actually some physical healing the Lord wants to do around hearts this morning. I don't know if it's a arrhythmia or a heart defect of some kind, but I just got a sense there's a grace. His Holy Spirit's here to heal today. And again, if you, if you know you need some healing in your heart, can I invite you just to place your hand on your heart? 
So Lord, we thank you that you have power to heal. And we invite your healing power now to come and touch our bodies. For those, Lord, who have um, a defect of some kind or just a, it's not quite the right rhythm. There's a, maybe a skipping of a rhythm or something like that. Lord, we pray for your healing touch now. Come, come, Lord. Come by your power. Thank you, Lord Jesus.